Welcome back to Capeside High School. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is normally your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. But today we're taking it all the way back to the pilot of Dawson's Creek. Ariel, what happened this week? Film addict Dawson is making an amateur movie with his friends Pacey and Joey when filming is interrupted by the arrival of beautiful Jen, the granddaughter of Dawson's next-door neighbor. Pacey develops a crush on Tamara Jacobs, an older woman he meets at the video shop, but is stunned to discover that she is his new English teacher. As the friends start high school, Joey discovers Dawson's mother Gail is having an affair, a fact that neither Dawson or his father Mitch know. Yeah, they're throwing a lot in this pilot immediately, like a lot of different threads. So I actually, I went down this whole rabbit hole of articles because this year, or yeah, this year, um, back in January, was the 25th anniversary of Dawson's Creek. Nice. Yeah, so the original pilot aired January 20th, 1988, so 2023 is their 25th anniversary. So there were all of these articles talking about Dawson's Creek specifically and then like similarly just teen TV in general Mm -hmm. and how you want to throw a ton in a pilot, but they felt like they had more time with like 22 episode shows. Yeah. And you can't do that with streaming anymore. They're like, you get eight episodes, you have to go straight into it. And I was like, I don't know. We've been watching these shows back from 1998 and 2004, and they are like, here's 75 things you have to keep track of. Good luck. You have 22 <laughs> episodes to remember it all. Well, and like, because I've seen this entire series several times, and I think what's interesting too is there's actually a lot of things in this pilot that you see, you know, like if you watch the show, you can see as being trends for the rest of the show. Like we'll get to it when we get to it, but there's like specific character moments and specific like comments that each character makes that then carry through the entire, literally the entire series. And I think it's interesting that, yeah, like even in this pilot where a lot of times pilots end up being vastly different than the rest of the show, this pilot, it's actually pretty consistent with the entire rest of the show. Yeah. I was thinking that because I haven't seen the whole show, but I have watched like the first half of it one Mm -hmm. time and then I made it all the way up to season five this last time. And then this time I'm feeling good about it. I might actually (laughs) make it here. But, like, yeah, you can kind of see it. It really does not change. I've only seen literally one episode of When They Go to College, so I can't say if there's a change there. But the entire time they're in high school, it makes sense that the people who started the show are the people that graduate at the end of those seasons. Right, right. And, yeah, so good segue. We open in, and this is, you know, supposed to be Cape Side, Massachusetts, which – is not. It's Wilmington, North Carolina. <laughs> and the reason I'm so emphatically saying it's not is because you can absolutely tell the humidity is so present because it doesn't really affect James Vanderbeek's hair, but man, does it affect Michelle Williams' hair and how it would absolutely affect mine if I had to film in freaking like humid Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah, you can just feel it. You're just like, oh, you're so close to the water and there's going to be bugs everywhere and you can just feel yep. it. Yep. 
And so we open, it's nighttime, we're on Dawson's house, Dawson and Joey are watching E.T., which I will give you guys a fun fact, I've still never seen E.T. all the way through, because when I first saw it when I was three years old, I was terrified. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that makes so much sense for a three-year-old. I know, and uh, yeah, so I've still never seen E.T., I'm still, my mom says it's a kid's movie, and I say it's a horror movie, so. (laughs) I... Honestly, can't tell you the last time that I've seen E.T., but the ride at Universal Studios was my favorite ride when I was little, but I don't actually know what happens in the movie. But I feel like I've, like, missed out, you know? Like, it's a pretty big movie, um, you know, throughout culture and all that. And now, granted, I wouldn't say that Spielberg was robbed of the Oscar for E.T. Granted, I've not seen the entire movies so I can't say that for sure but it feels like that's not correct but (laughs) this is just (laughs) setting up the idea that Dawson is just this huge movie buff but also specifically a Spielberg fan because you can already see like posters and memorabilia and stuff on his walls of various Spielberg Spielberg films yeah I mean they go on the tour later where he's literally like curated his walls to be Spielberg but at this point yeah we're just getting the end of the movie and Joey's even the one that starts the conversation where she's like oh my god I love this movie yeah yeah and they're just so cute and you know the the movie ends Dawson turns on the news and I don't think in this scene they tell you that that's his mom at first yeah they don't yeah so they're just talking about what the news anchor looks like And Joey starts to leave. And this is the first time you really see this script as like, oh my gosh, these kids talk (laughs) so much. Yeah. And they like say things that are just not common, like especially as a 15. Like they say they're 15 here. And so you're like, no, I never – I don't talk like this now. Like nobody has ever talked like this as a 15-year-old. No, not even a little bit. Like the way that Joey talks to Dawson of just like, we can't sleep in the same bed anymore because you have genitalia. And he's like, well, I've always had that. And she's like, well, you have more now. Like, no, I would die. How do you know? And she says, long fingers. (laughs) And then like somehow this whole conversation where she's like, we're 15. It's inappropriate. Our hormones are raging. He calls her Josephine. So she lunges across the bed to tickle, wrestle him. And then, Mm -hmm. like, they're just in a very compromising position. Yep. And then she's just like, okay, yeah, I'll stay the night. And clearly uncomfortable, right? Because she's, like, edging toward the side of the bed the entire time. And Dawson is literally taking up the entire bed. Like, he's not even trying to make room for her, but he's noticing that she keeps, like, inching away. And, yeah, so it's, like, awkward from here on out. The only thing I will say outside of the – like, you know, because Dawson ends it with, like, why do you have to bring this up anyway, right? Because now it's like the mm-hmm. glass shattering moments. Like, oh, Dawson didn't realize that they're 15 and like entering high school and which we won't comment on the fact that they think that high school starts at 10th grade. But like it, you know, it is just so interesting that his glass was shattered here and now it's all different. But my favorite quote in this thing, in this scene is when Dawson says, your raging hormones aren't developing a thang for me, are they? The fact that he says thang. <laughs> I just I die. Like 
and it's the way that James Vanderbeek says it and the way that he looks with his like beautiful flowy hair. Yep. And his like baby face with the cheeks. Mm-hmm. He does have Just, perfect hair. Like his it gets so worse. I know. And it gets worse throughout the series, just I guess as it does. But like season one hair is like peak. He's got the Rachel. (laughs) It's just, it's got so much body. He clearly conditions. It's got layers. Like, man. Yeah. But, you know, he he gives his mom comments about the hair all this time. And I swear he's like gotten it from her. Exactly. But you know what the absolute best part is? I don't know where you watched this, what streaming service. I watched it on Amazon Prime because mm-hmm. I didn't want commercials. They bought the rights to the song. And so I had, I watched the entire thing. It was the, I don't want to it. And it was wonderful. And I And you're just like turning it up. Yeah. You're just like, I'm like, yes. beep, 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 beep. <laughs> But no, the opening credits are so cute. They do such a good job of building their personalities even within the opening credit sequence. Yeah. I remember the first time that I like really watched it, really committed to watching it. They didn't have the rights to the music. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, it was like nails on a chalkboard. I was like, I I know it's not right. It's not setting the tone. Exactly. We need Paula Cole, not whoever sang the other song. And no offense to her, but it just didn't fit. And that's the thing, like, that person probably had an amazing music career, and I love that for them, but you cannot come in 20 years after Mm -hmm. I Don't Want to Wait and think you can be a replacement. I'm sorry, you just can't. You just can't. And it's so cute, too, because, like, the four of them, it's building this show up to say it is about the lives of these four kids. It's Mm -hmm. the parents are ancillary. The, you know, other characters are ancillary. It literally is going to be focused on these four characters. And this is even before we meet Jen, right? Like we see Michelle Williams in these opening credits before we even see her in the pilot. So it's still setting up like, hey, you're, you're missing somebody. You're going to meet her. Um, And ah, I just love it. I just love it so much. Well, and I love, you know, to kind of segue from that, it goes through, the opening credits, then we get a little, like, very short B-roll through the town, but it's really just to, like, it kind of pans into Dawson filming. So it's, like, mm-hmm. a really cool way to, like, set up that screen where yeah. you've got Joey just laying out. She's sunbathing, and there's all this stuff going behind her, and then all of a sudden a lick monster jumps out and grabs her, and that's Pacey. And immediately Dawson's like, no, 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 Pacey, you've ruined the shot. You didn't wait. And he and Joey are just screaming at each other in the water. I obviously know how this show goes, but Pacey is the best. I don't care what happens to him. I don't even care what choices he makes, which are wrong in this episode. (laughs) However, (laughs) he's just so precious. Josh Jackson just like. I don't know. He's just so precious as Lil Pacey. Like, the fact that he and Joey are already bickering, knowing what I know about this show, it just, again, this is another thing that sets up for the entire rest of the series. They have this kind of chemistry where they just go back at each other, right? They just always Mm -hmm. have a witty remark for the other. I mean, the first thing that 
she says when she pops out of the water is she says, he did it again. He grabbed my ass. And Pacey's like, like you have one. <laughs> um, yeah, there I am. I have not finished the show, so I don't know what happens to yeah. them. And I almost don't want to so that I can just like live in my bubble because I know how shows go. I know that they just rip people away from me. But I am a Joey and Pacey stan. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. They are in. And- None of, none of this Dawson and Joey stuff. I think that's it. I'm like season five starts with Dawson and Joey like trying not to be together, but also trying to be together or something. Mm. And I think that's when I stopped. Because I was like, I don't care. Yeah, like it's good. Send Dawson to and Dawson. Yeah, seriously. And you'll eventually meet um, a. You'll eventually meet a significant other that I won't tell you who belongs to. Like. Which character? Okay, yeah, I get what you're but saying. This this significant other to me is the only one that comes close as a coupling that I won't tell you who's involved in it that Pacey and Joey did. Like I'll just say, like okay. out of all the couples on the show, they might be my second favorite, and that's so vague and so mysterious. But you probably know it when you got to it. It just hasn't happened yeah. yet. No, I I totally understand where you're coming from, though. It's like you don't want to spoil it, but you want to, like, Give you something to look forward. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to want to watch the rest of the show. You're like a a clickbait article. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. I'm so (laughs) clickbaity. Oh, man. And then, like, after this little cute bickering, we see somebody in a cab pulling up. And, like, keep in mind, this is still, like, at the – the leary house like it's right at the dock um right on the edge of the creek and so this person walks or uh drives up in a cab gets out of the cab and it's the ever gorgeous michelle williams and literally pacey narrates what he my mouth drops (laughs) i loved it i love that he's just staring at her and the music in the background is literally hey pretty girl yep Exactly. Like, they cannot be more deliberate with what they're trying to do. They're like, hey, this girl's hot, and we're going to make sure you know it. (laughs) It's, like, full-on slow motion, and then Joey in the background literally making the face of the girl in the meme when her boyfriend is looking at the other girl. She's like, oh, my God, you guys. Yeah, right? She's, like, scowling immediately, and, like, both, like, Dawson and Pacey are just, like, falling over themselves. Yeah, and, you know, Jen introduces herself, and – when she gets to Dawson, she's like, oh, we've actually met before. And Joey's even just like, well, I'm Joey and we've never met ever. <laughs> I love it so much. And yeah, it's like it's so funny because they're setting up this whole jealousy of Joey and Jen. Like, oh, they're not going to be friends. And then when the boys – because like Joey, I guess, goes back home. And yeah, she does. And Pacey mm-hmm. and Dawson are like running up to the house – Pacey immediately asks, like, hey, do you think she's a virgin? Like, you're 15. You're 15. <laughs> he is the horniest. Like, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. Because aside from this morning, there is a lot of time that Pacey spends just completely separate from the rest of the friends. Yeah. Because he's so busy. Just, like, all of his blood is down mm-hmm. below his waist. He can't exactly. think straight. 
And even when, like, it's especially heightened here, too, because as soon as they go inside, Dawson's parents are aggressively making out on top of the coffee table and, like, making a a ruckus. And Dawson's like, oh, my God, things are breaking. No, it's my parents. (laughs) It's so gross. Like, I totally understand them being like, oh, Dawson's not being so dramatic. But then she calls Miss – Mrs. Leary calls Mr. Leary Mr. Man Mate. (laughs) In front of the children. The children. <laughs> I mean, but like, just, fair, like, John Wesley Ship is a fox in this show. <laughs> I mean, truly, like, even in this scene, you can see just like a couple buttons undone, and you're like, okay, I see he keeps it fit. Exactly, exactly. Like, I don't even know his job at this point. Like, I forgot what he did for a living, and I'm like, who cares? Just be a house husband. I don't care. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure he just dreams restaurants. Like, he's just yeah. a thinking man. He's, a, he's right. an innovator. He's an idea an idea. What is that called? An ideator? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, like, aside from that, we're seeing Joey paddling across the creek because, you know, the whole idea is that Joey and Dawson live, like, right across the creek from each other. I love that she just has this little tiny rowboat that she just rows back and forth. Homegirl mm. must have, like, really good forearms. Um Anyway, it's a much smaller house, right? Like, we've seen Dawson's house. It's a nice two-story, like, very, like, middle class, maybe upper middle class. And then Joey's mm-hmm. house is a lot smaller. Um, and while she gets out of her little rowboat, we see Bodie, who she does name, um, mm-hmm. ask her, like, running out of the house with a pot and just, like, <laughs> taste this. <laughs> I love that she's just like, Bodie, not again. Like, mm-hmm. You can just imagine that he has just been following them everywhere, being like, what about this? Okay, I'm going to add a little salt. What's now? How do you find it different? Explain the five senses. Exactly. Exactly. And I also think it's really weird that she calls his sauce orgasmic. Oh, I know. Like, well, I mean, yeah. And the only – like, they could have used literally any adjective in the entire Mm -hmm. world, and they choose to have a 15-year-old girl – say orgasmic um again like setting up that this show is like or this episode at least sex is on the brain for literally everybody Mm -hmm. but yeah then bessie walks out who is very pregnant and we don't yet know but it's later revealed that this is joey's older sister and bodie is uh bessie's boyfriend i think yeah boyfriend at this time yes and that's right she is very, very pregnant, and they have a cute little back and forth. Also, this Bodie will not be this Bodie for much longer. There's a different actor that's nope. hired. Um, and I think it's a good choice. I mean, like, I didn't get to know this Bodie very well, but, like, the actor who becomes Bodie, I think, has amazing chemistry with Bessie. And, God, I love her so much. I have forgotten how great of an older sister figure she is, especially later when she does the whole lipstick thing. Ugh, I love her. I loved the lipstick moment. Like right here, I was like, they're snippy with each other. Like even if you couldn't pick it up, if you have a sibling, you're like, they're siblings. You just know. But yeah, they haven't said it yet. And then yeah, when that lipstick moment happens later, like my heart just like – I know. Ugh. Well, and it's cute too because I like – sorry, last thought on that. It's cute because like it also sets up how much attitude Joey has just in general. Mm-hmm. It's not even just with Jen. It's not just with Pacey. It's like with literally – she is an angsty teen. Like I always thought Dawson was the angstiest of all of the show. He's just the most dramatic. 
Like, he's a dramatic boy, but I think Joey has the most angst. Mm, yeah, Joey keeps a lot of it internal until it explodes mm-hmm. out of her. Exactly. By asking if someone's a size queen in the middle of waiting for Guthman. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, my gosh. But, okay, we also have this other moment. So, you know, Pacey and Dawson had to – they were filming in the morning. They went back into the house to drop everything off so that they could go to work. They work at the movie rental store mm-hmm. that uh, Nellie's dad owns. And the back and forth between Pacey and Nellie, I just wrote literally everyone uses so many words. Oh, the most words. The most highest level of vocabulary. Yeah, like Pacey calls Nellie a wet brain, so she takes like a full minute to be like, you are nothing. You are the uh, dirt between my toes. What does Darla yeah, say? Yeah. <laughs> Scum between my toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scum between my toes. I hate your stinking guts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny too because like I think they use that incorrectly because I'm pretty sure wet brain means you're smart. Like if your brain is wet and wrinkly – not dry and smooth. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> dry and smooth. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's like another theme that starts in the very first episode is Pacey being taken down a peg mm-hmm. by just anybody that just assumes that he is like absolutely nothing. He will never amount to anything. He's dumb. He's this, that, and the other. And it breaks my heart because you see his face. He's like, I've heard this literally my entire life. Now I have you saying it to me. Like, oh, it just breaks my heart for him because I just know where his story goes. And we love Pacey. We love Pacey. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When he was just like, oh, whatever. I get it. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. suck. Moving on. And then it's like pretty much terrible time because not only is Pacey just constantly told he's dirt, he's also horny 24-7. And Tamara walks in. AKA Shira Hunsberger for those Gilmore Girls fans out there. <laughs> this show, like I'm telling you, at this point in watching all of these teen shows, we are just like connecting everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's funny, too, because it's almost like I could believe that Tamara Jacobs grows up to be Shira Huntsberger. Like, they they have a very, like, typecasty thing because she is very, she is very, like, classically pretty. So mm-hmm. you can see, like, kind of the connection there. But, yeah, she just walks in with this incredibly short dress. Like, I expected her to almost have a southern accent, you know, like, just not <laughs> be from Caveside and have just – because she says she's never been here before and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, where'd you come from, girl? You look like you came from South Carolina. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, it would fit. Like, that would be so perfect if that's how she walked in. Mm-hmm. But she's like – she she grosses me out so much even at this point. I like, know. this is probably the – worst part of this show that has aged oh yeah like i think universally i again have not finished it but i don't think anything is ever going to beat the miss jacobs and pacey storyline and it grosses me out so much and it starts second one because she's like acting all flirty she introduces herself to teenagers as tamara and not oh hi i'm miss jacobs the new english teacher like she Mm -hmm. is withholding this information Mm-hmm. And then she asks for the graduate, like, you know, the very pointed movie. I was like, she could literally rent anything. 
She's not looking for the graduate to not flirt with a 15-year-old. Exactly. And, like, it even goes as far as, like, when Pace is like, oh, is that the one? And then she literally recites, like, the plot of it, which literally. is, literally, like, yeah, an older yeah. woman, like, seduces a younger boy. Like, it's, it's it, yeah, it's, Pacey is rendered speechless. <laughs> he's ensorcelled. Yeah, he's so ensorcelled. Oh, my God, the most ensorcelled. <laughs> he's, like, to the point that he cannot figure out the movie. Like, Dawson right? has to come up behind him and be like, here it is. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that in this scene, you almost see not because like Dawson, he is not trying to flirt with Miss Jacobs. Like he is not picturing her as a viable, like, I don't know, person to be romantically entangled with. But it's weird to me that he is almost more confident and, like, has more game, even if he's not using game, than Pacey. Like, just knowing the two characters as well as I know them, I'm like, in no universe is Pacey, like, timid and, like, ensorcelled. But I guess he just has become good at being ensorcelled and confident at the same time. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I was looking at the episodes when I was pulling up the Wikipedia synopsis, I was looking at the first couple episodes Mm -hmm. and Pacey loses his virginity really soon in this show. So I kind of think they use that relationship to give him all of this confidence. And like, this is him being Mm -hmm. ensorcelled when he's like so horny, he doesn't know what to do with himself and he hasn't had sex yet. But like, exactly. I don't know. No, you're right. You're right. Cause there's also, you know, Well, I was going to say, I think Dawson hasn't really accepted hormones as a thing yet, right? Like, he's just barely understanding them now that Jen is there. Yeah. But then even in this scene, so after work, Dawson rents a few videos, he goes home, and Jen is living next door, right? Mm -hmm. We had found out recently that, like, she's here from New York helping out because her granddad had heart surgery. And so the first thing that Dawson does when he sees her is sit down and check on her granddad. And I thought that was so sweet. That was very sweet. Because, again, that's like he's ensorcelled but not rendered useless. You know what I mean? It's like he's he's mm. merely just – to your point, like because he hasn't really accepted the fact that like he, like he has not picked up what Joey had set up earlier, right? And so mm-hmm. he's still living in kind of this like, oh, I can be friends with girls or I can also date girls, but I'm go- I'm going to be the same regardless. Like, And so, yeah, when he sits down and asks about her grandfather, like that was adorable and that was sweet Dawson, like pure Dawson. And mm-hmm. even to the point too where he starts talking about the movie he was, he's wanting to make and he's like, hey, let me show you something. And like, that would sound like a line if it came from Pacey at this point. But because it's Dawson and, he, and he's so earnest at this point, he just takes her up to his room and is like nerding out. Like he's full fanboy, like just completely like, and as you can see, my room is basically a shrine to the man. And I have chronologically put an order of box office <laughs> release, like the big ones and the little ones. And oh yeah, in the closet, here's his like, well, not well known, but sometimes he's, sometimes I can find them movies. <laughs> No, he is literally, like, he tells her before he brings her up here that he's like, I reject reality. Mm -hmm. Like, you are such a little weirdo, Dawson. He's so weird. And, like, I kind of admire it a little bit because I wish I had that kind of passion to the point where Mm -hmm. 
it's not just a love of mine in terms of consumption, but it's like I also want to do it and understand it and learn about it and like wrap my entire hands around it. And yeah, I also kind of love this like it's kind of like a hopeless romanticism, but it's it's almost like a what's the word I'm looking for? It's like um mm, there's a, there's a term I'm looking for and it has been stated in some maybe this show. I don't know, but it's like a surrealism almost. And where he basically says all of life's problems and all of life's answers can be found in the movies and can be solved within specifically a Spielberg movie. And I kind of love that because even though it is rejecting reality and kind of not coming to terms with what really happens in your life, it's a way to kind of cope with things, right? Like it's the same way that Graham's seeks religion as a way mm-hmm. to cope with probably her husband's heart surgery that has, you know, he's recovering from. Dawson uses movies. Dawson uses mm. another person's quote unquote life to be able to explain what's going on in his. And I don't really see the problem in that as long as he's not hiding, you know, just just as much as Graham's would be. Yeah. No, that's like I used to think that Dawson was a really whiny character and I just didn't mm-hmm. like him because I yeah. didn't understand him. And then, yeah, now that I'm growing – older and watching the show again I'm realizing that Dawson is just like a kid trying to Mm -hmm. figure all these things out I mean he this is presumably an attempt to flirt with Jen and then Grams is looking for her so she leaves and then Joey comes in and oh there's this whole moment where Joey goes to climb the ladder to go into Dawson's room and she hears him with Jen and just like the look on her face when she's like, he's got another girl in his room. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's also you think at this moment you believe Joey is jealous of Jen because she mm-hmm. likes Dawson. Not that she's losing her male best friend, you know? And so I think they're doing yeah. a good job of like not telling us yet. But yeah, I did love when she just like leans on the ladder like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I'm not here. <laughs> I loved it so much. But yeah, like they don't understand their feelings. So she's just like mm-hmm. hiding on this tiny ladder until Jen leaves. And then she finally walks in. But then this point where Dawson shows her this like recording of his mom doing the news. And he thinks she's having an affair because of the way she says, back to you, Bob. There's something mm-hmm. about her bees. They're, they're too soft. <laughs> But it's like, even at this point, Joey says, you know, accept your perfect life, Dawson. It's reality. Yeah. I don't know. There's got to be something in here where this whole moment starts because Dawson tells Jen that he rejects reality and then it ends with Joey telling him, accept reality. It's your life, Dawson. Yeah. And it's like, a you know, because again, we've seen the comparison between Dawson's life on paper compared to Joey's. And Mm -hmm. Joey's, like, basically trying to get Dawson to accept his privilege at this point, right? Like, Mm -hmm. he's she's trying to say, like, dude, you have a perfect set of parents that are still married and love each other. You have this great house. You have these great opportunities. Your parents are basically, like, letting you pursue your passions without any sort of, like, not, like, reality, but just, like, 
they're fully believing in him and like yeah mm-hmm. you go do whatever you set your mind to and joey is basically being raised by her older sister and her older sister's boyfriend and you know it's just it's just different and so on the one hand it's that but then it's also the idea that joey has now become uncomfortable with them growing up and being the way that they are and she's at this point where even if it's romantic or otherwise she's like we gotta like change our dynamic we can't just act like kids forever so it's interesting yeah it i just i don't know i it makes me feel so many feelings that it's the last day of summer and they're having these like very serious relationship talks with each other like oh it just gets to me well it's perfect because these conversations start kind of like going in order and the next day is the first day of school jen goes to see her grandfather before school and it's just so interesting because like we know basically nothing about jen at this point like we know that Mm -hmm. she is from new york and her grandmother lives in cape side next door to dawson and has for presumably a long time we know her grandfather had a heart attack or not a heart attack a heart surgery Mm-hmm. And is recovering. That's it. That's all we know. And so we see this like tender moment between Jen and her grandfather just as she's kind of like checking in on him. And then Grams walks in and like the tension is palpable, right? Like she's like, come eat breakfast basically. And when she does, she's like, you know, I don't really eat breakfast in the morning. Like I really appreciate what you've done, but just, you know, don't worry about it in the future. Like she's really trying to be like, I'm trying to let you in on my life. But mm-hmm. I'm also trying to be appreciative for you, like, letting me stay here and, like, la, la, la. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, of I, course, grams as grams. <laughs> I cannot get over grams because, like, this. I feel like this happens to me with ancillary adult characters where by the time mm-hmm. the show has matured more and the relationship is so good, you love grams. You would yeah. die for Grams. You want to oh, yeah. drive across the country with Grams. Mm-hmm. But then he's trying to rewatch the show, and at the very beginning, they just butt heads from like second one. And I was just yes. like, who is this Grams? I know. I know. That's the thing is like people talk all the time, and there's been debates for years about who has the best character development in Dawson's Creek. And sometimes I'm like, it's Grams. <laughs> like, it kind of is. Changes. So much. She goes from like a stodgy, like extremely like rules driven religious type to completely accepting and warm. And yeah, it's just Grams is like the MVP. Like I will forever love Grams. But yeah, she starts off so cold and she speaks poorly about Joey. She speaks poorly about Dawson. She's like, he's trouble. She's like the bad. Uh, what did she say? I didn't write it down. Uh, like, yeah, she said um, she's been crawling in Dawson's window for 10 years and they don't go to church. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting because then when Grams goes to like pray before eating breakfast, Jen just doesn't do it, which is great. And then yeah. Grams is like, uh, you need to do this. You're like, why don't you want to thank the Lord for your meal? And she has, I didn't write it down. You wrote it down, so I'm going to let you deliver it. But she says, like, mic drop moment of the entire episode, in my opinion. Okay. 
So I'm only like 99% sure I got this right because I know I got the quote right, but she says, she looks at Grams, gives her this face of just like, ma'am, you know this about me. And she Mm -hmm. goes, I don't covet a religious God, Grams. I'm an atheist. And then it just drops like right into Chumbawamba's, I get my mail, (laughs) or tub thumping. And I was just like, stop it. I know. I know. I just love that she's, like, setting more boundaries as a 15-year-old than, like, I could ever hope to do. You know, like, I like we were talking about this in our little, like, pre-show chatter. It's, like, the, the levels of boundaries that she can set at 15 compared to the levels of boundaries that I can set at 33. I'm, like, what – what kind of therapy has she been in? <laughs> right? It is like 15, first day of a new school before her coffee, and she is still just like, Grams, I'd like to speak my truth to you in a very calm manner. Yeah. And say it in a way that's like, how can you – like, how could you disrespect this? Like, you know, it's – anyway. But yeah, the fact that it then goes straight into Chumbawamba, I died. Like, it was just, I get knocked out. <laughs> so good and it like picks up a couple of times mm-hmm. oh my gosh and then we get to school where nelly of owning the video shop introduces herself to jen and she's like oh my god your grandfather's still on our prayer list at church do you like to party yeah like right like completely two-faced <laughs> verbal whiplash and jen's mm-hmm. like i like to have fun but i don't like to do drugs and Nellie's just like, oh, my God, you're so boring. You should be called Nellie after the little house on the prairie. Like, it's just such a weird little moment. Mm-hmm. It's like a self-own. <laughs> right? But I love – it really sets it up that Jen is just like – we're dropping nuggets. Jen mm-hmm. says, I like to have fun. I don't like to do drugs. But then as soon as Nellie leaves and Dawson walks up, Jen is like, oh, my gosh, I really wish I had a cigarette. But I quit. Yeah, it's – and she's from New York, so you're like, oh, what wild <laughs> and crazy kid did she used to be? It's always the girl from New York. They're yep. so freaky. I mean, Veronica Lodge, like, just <laughs> – There's literally an episode of 90210 called The Girl from New York. Yep, exactly. And, yeah, so then we're moving throughout the day – Um kind of seeing each of the main characters like days at school and Pacey's just balancing a book on his head when of course his English teacher walks in and it's Miss Jacobs I just love him like I just every scene I'm like Pacey's balancing a book on his head when his English teacher walks in and god I just love him literally verbatim in my notes like why he's just balancing a book on his head (laughs) he's just standing there he's not doing anything exactly Oh, oh my god, man. but I hate her because he's like Tamara because that's how she introduced herself to him and then she's mm-hmm. like it's Miss Jacobs during school hours. Like she doesn't know what she's doing. Exactly. Exactly. This woman is nearing 40. Like you know what you're doing, ma'am. You know exactly. Oh, and then oh my gosh, when Jen has biology with Joey and you just see Joey's face when Jen walks in. Like Joey truly Jen is such a bigger person than I will ever be because Joey is acting like such a little bee this entire – like from moment one. Mm-hmm. And it's the first day of school. Just say hi to her. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to be best friends. You don't – like – but you are literally one of three people. Sorry. Yeah, one of three people that she knows at this school. Like you could at least just be like, oh, hey. 
And that's it. That's it. That's all you have to do. But she can't. And then we get Dawson's little journey and he walks into the film room while Psycho is playing. And I love the little parallel Mm -hmm. of him like opening the door. And then in the movie, you see um, Janet Lee. Yeah. Yes. I think. Open the door. I think that's right. And Yeah. Yeah. And as he walks in, you see the film teacher. And I literally wrote down, is Mr. Gold related to Mel Silver? (laughs) I had to back into it because I was in a panic when I saw him on screen. I was like, that's David Silver's dad's brother, I think. Yeah. And then it made me remember from like the opening credits when you're like looking at like guest starring and it was like, I forget his name. Um in the show, I mean, but his last name is Lawrence, spelled with it's Mitchell Lawrence is this guy's name, and mm-hmm. Matt Lawrence is uh, Mel Silver. But yeah, mm-hmm. like when I saw that there was like a U instead of a W, I was like, I only know one actor who spells his name like that. And yeah, oh my god, it's like they are identical. Like I would not be surprised if they were actually twins. But we love a good nine hundred two one zero connection. Like it all comes back, always and forever. <laughs> You know what? We haven't even mentioned the biggest 90210 connection. Mm-hmm. Charles Rosen was the executive producer of season one of Dawson's Creek, and he was the producer of the first five seasons of 90210. Wow. I wonder if Dawson was just like Charles's like best friend or <laughs> like <laughs> brother or something so he could base off another character off his life. I would be so curious to hear what it was like working on Dawson's Creek versus versus working on 90210. Yeah, because he had to have taken this over, like done this first season, like right after or like, you know, fairly soon after he stopped working on 90210 because this was 98 and he stopped Mm -hmm. working on 90210, what, like 95, 96? Yeah, so it was, I think it was 95 that we just stopped working on 90210 and then Dawson's Creek aired in January of 98 so it filmed mm. in 97 so yeah maybe like yeah pre-production and stuff was around that time too crazy but yeah it's but yeah. interesting in this scene too because like obviously we've built this up as like Dawson's like entering a film festival contest and he has a shrine to Spielberg in his room and he is just a film fanboy and has the whole history of the movie Psycho reciting it to Mr. Gold and then he's like, hey, man, I had a problem with my schedule. I was denied admittance to this class. And he's like, oh, that's probably because you're a sophomore. And he's like, who made up that rule? That's dumb. <laughs> I love when Mr. Gold is like, okay, tell me why you want to be in this class. And Dawson just goes like, passion, commitment. Yeah. Like he is just like, you know, giving a motivational speech at a corporate retreat. He's like, mm-hmm. I am destined to be a filmmaker. And Mr. Gold yep. is like, that's great. You're 15. Yeah. You're still not coming into my class. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. And I'm like, then why did you make him go through that whole thing if there was always going to be no exceptions? <laughs> I know. I felt so bad in this moment because Dawson's really putting himself out there and Mr. Gold is yeah. not giving him a lifeline. Exactly. And I did kind of love that, like, Mr. Gold is just like, no, period. That's a complete sentence. And I'm like, I love that. Like, no period is a complete sentence. I love it. Yeah. It's like Dawson's – Dawson's not having a good first day of school. Mm -mm, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And neither is Jen, really, because she and Joey get out of class. 
And Jen asked Joey, she's like, look, are you and Dawson dating? Because if that's the case, I'm not getting in the middle of anything. I don't mm-hmm. want to do this. But then she's trying to make it light. She's like, you know, my grams warned me about you. And Joey is just like, oh, yeah, is it because my sister's pregnant and her boyfriend's black and my dad's in prison and my mom's dead? Is it because yeah. of all of that? Exactly. And I kind of loved that she like just kind of like lays it out all just like that because I think she's thinking I'm going to this will not endear me to Jen right like this will make Mm -hmm. it to where Jen doesn't want to associate with me when in reality you can kind of see like Jen's wheels turning a little bit like oh she's not as like you know clean cut Mm -hmm. as I thought and we're learning that neither is Jen so these two might actually have like some bonding moments or like reasons to bond but instead like Joey even though she just revealed all that about herself, she still has these walls up and she's like, well, Dawson likes you. So don't abuse those feelings. Like don't hurt him basically. And so you're thinking like, Oh, okay. Maybe Joey is jealous for romantic reasons at this point. Mm -hmm. And we see like, she's just being the third wheel at lunch. Dawson is just like, I don't know, telling jokes with Jen Mm -hmm. all around. But then he's just like, will you look at act three of my script yeah. And yeah. when he looks her dead in the eye and says, I'm having a climax issue, <laughs> I about lost it. I was just like, how? I don't so know funny. how anyone at any age – like, I can't look at you straight in the face right now over this call and say, I'm having a climax issue. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. We can't not giggle because we're also 12. <laughs> Like, I am arguably older than everyone on this screen right now, and they are all keeping Mm -hmm. a straight face. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and then, like, just to continue with the whole sex thing is, like, Pacey goes to see Miss Jacobs. This is very Pretty Little Liars with um, Lucy Hale going Mm, to see Mr. Fitz. Yeah. And he decides to kind of, like, start flirting with her. And so he asks her if she's seen the summer of 42 because the plot is very similar to The Graduate in the sense of, like, an older woman sleeps with a boy on the verge of manhood is, like, basically the sentence that Pacey uses. And she doesn't shy away from it at this point. Like, she kind of, like, she's like, oh, do tell, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, well, I'm probably not going to watch it tonight, but I am telling you the exact details of where I'm going tonight and what I'm seeing. So what's your game, woman? That's the thing. She can't have any sort of, like, she's responsible for everything that she did. She can't be like, oh, it's not my fault. Correct. 100%. 100%. And – I mean, Pacey falls for it immediately because he's a horny 15-year-old. And he goes and tells Dawson, he's like, we got to go to the movies tonight. Mm -hmm. And Dawson uses that as a reason to ask Jen out. He's like, it'll be a group hang. It'll be totally cool. And there's another part that really ages poorly where this other guy is, I I guess, flirting with Jen. And Dawson comes mm -hmm. over and is just like, oh, yeah, he's a transvestite by night. Yeah, it was like he was trying to continue the cute little like made up stories that they did earlier in the lunchroom. But yeah, the use of the the words there, I was like, ooh, yikes, this is still the 90s. Yeah. But yeah, but there was one moment again that I loved by Pacey or like right when he and Dawson were talking about like, you know, getting the group together, like because he's got to get to the movies and 
um, <laughs> he talks about how he's like basically trying to um, increase his female IQ or whatever. And so he says that he reads Cosmo. And Dawson's like, what are you doing reading Cosmo? And Pacey says, I have three menstrually diverse sisters. Cosmo is my savior. And okay. Pacey's storyline with like trying to sleep with his teacher is bullshit. But (laughs) this just tells you that he has really good intentions with women like yes he view he wants to sleep with a woman but that's like he's just a horny 15 year old he just wants to have sex with any woman but he's also like he's got three sisters and so he's not embarrassed by like you know like how dawson clearly is uncomfortable with the mention of the word cosmo meanwhile pacey's like no cosmo's like really good reading material and it helps me clue in to when my sisters are having like their periods or whatever and if one of them is different than the other i can pivot i can you know like either make it better for them or at least understand what they're going through (laughs) yeah no pacey is like just so far ahead of dawson Mm-hmm. In so many senses of the word where he's like, no, I got to get ahead of this because if I want to start attracting girls, I have to actually know what they like and when they're going to be pissed yep. at me and I just have to accept it. Yep. And I love it. I love it. And basically all of this to say that because Paisy wants to stalk his teacher, we basically have a double date here. Yep. Because but- Dawson's like – well, Joey, you got to come. Like he goes, he's like on a bike and he sees her on the street or whatever. And he's like, well, you got to come because it would be really awkward with just me and Pacey and Jen. So you have to come. She's like a double date. And immediately you're like, oh, yeah, because she hates Pacey. But it's also just because like she doesn't even want to participate in a potential date that Dawson has with Jen. Yep. But it's just going to get weird. This is such a bad idea. I feel Mm -hmm. so bad for these kids. Like I – have had weird first dates. This is like oh, weird. God. This is so, so bad weird. from like moment one for every single one of them because, mm-hmm. you know, Jen goes home, tells her mom that she's going – or tells her mom – tells Grams <laughs> that she wants to go to a movie with a bunch of kids and Grams is being like pretty chill about it and is like, okay, just be home by 10. And Jen is like, oh my gosh, I can tease you. You're giving me a 10 p.m. curfew. You're being so chill. This is great. And Grams is like, cool, so you'll come to church with me. And Jen is just like, ma'am, what did I say? (laughs) God, it's so funny because I'm like, oh, and there's the like, you know, guilt that we Mm. know from parents and like it's a tactic that they use. But Jen doesn't back down. She's like, hey, man. Like, I'm really firm about my beliefs. Please respect them. And again, mm-hmm. the boundary and, like, the calm speaking and all of that. I'm like, God, you're great. And then, of course, like, Grams tries to pull the whole, like, this is my house. When you're under my roof, you'll abide by my rules kind of argument. And then mm-hmm. Jen just, like, doubles down. She's like, fine, I'll go to church when you say the word penis. <laughs> Which, okay, here's my question because I saw this and I love the idea that Grams is just like a conservative Christian woman who would be like, well, I never. Yeah, However, (laughs) Grams is also a nurse. So like – Right. I feel like if there was ever going to be a conservative Christian like pearl-clutching kind of woman who could say penis, it would be Grams. And I feel like right now she could have been like, I was a nurse. Penis, penis, penis. Now you have to go to church all week. 
<laughs> that is a great point. I love that. I mean, like, yeah, because I don't know if it's this episode or, you know, the next where we learn that Grams was a nurse and is still kind of like a practicing one sort of. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, you would think she could be able to say literally any body part mm-hmm. at any time and not flinch. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Jen is like, it is a clinical term. Just say mm-hmm. it. And Grimms mm-hmm. is like speechless. Yeah, she's like, I shall not. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like Jen is going out the door a little bit in a sour mood because Grimms will not let this go about religion. Mm-hmm. Then you have next door, Dawson's getting ready to leave. And his dad is just thinking about ideas for a restaurant. He wants to make waiters like wear scuba gear, which is ridiculous. But then it gets really gross again because Dawson's mom comes on the news and his dad's like, get out of the way. Watching her do her job is the best foreplay. And then just like refuses to look at his son while he's watching the mother of his child on TV. He's like, don't look at me, son. This is me me time. I just – like, it took that for Dawson to be like, what is the deal? <laughs> like, everything is just sex, sex, sex. Why, you know, why is it so important when Spielberg has never had a sex scene in his any of his movies? And it's like, that's because he mostly directed kids' movies at this point, Dawson. Like, <laughs> come on, use your brain. <laughs> well, and, like, let's be honest, he also has been, like, that is not what this is. It's... Dawson gets weirdly very proud of the idea that he could just like not have sex. It's so funny to watch him just be like, we don't need it and I'm going to prove it by never having it. And then it just immediately backfires on him. Exactly. Exactly. And like it is kind of interesting and I guess very – it's it's kind of like the idea that like if your parents – really, really forbid certain things. Like if they have, if like your parents don't drink alcohol and then therefore like tell you that it's like a bad thing, like when you're growing up and things like that, that child might then not have the best relationship with alcohol or at least like maybe have some bad experiences before really like maturing about it. It's kind of that same idea here where I'm like, Mitch and Gail Leary are very sex positive. And so it would be an interesting thing if Dawson wasn't so proud and was just like, yeah, like I'm like my parents were really good about talking about it and educating me on it. I'm just not interested. Right. It's kind of that mm-hmm. same idea, like where if your parents have alcohol around the house and teach you about it and talk to you about it in a very mature way, you can then make the executive decision like in the choice on if you want to drink. And if you do so, it's probably going to be more responsibly. And mm-hmm. It's just Dawson's pride. Like, it always catches up with another theme that then stays throughout the entire series is Dawson's pride. (laughs) I know. Oh, my gosh. And then, so Joey is running out to also get to the movie. She's, you know, down the creek. She's got to go get in her little rowboat. And Bess stops her. And this is this moment where she tries to give Bess attitude. And Bess is like, okay, first of all, drop the attitude And then she puts some lipstick on her and says, all right, every 30 minutes you're going to go reapply. And the look on Joey's face when she's just like, oh, Bess, thank you so much for this. (laughs) Like she doesn't say the words, but mm -hmm. her face says the words. And yeah, it's like, again, this moment where they picked 
you realize that the actor, the um, the Kevin Williamson who created the show, he mm-hmm. did such a great job, and the casting directors did such a great job choosing the sisters because they immediately mm-hmm. have just really, really good sister energy, as well as like you can tell that Bessie is a considerable amount older than Joey, so it's like old enough to where it's believable that she could be the primary guardian of Joey, but also her sister at the same time. And mm-hmm. yeah. Like, Katie Holmes gets made fun of a lot for her portrayal as Joey just because of the way, like, her her face acting and, like, some of the things she does. But I've never been a big, like, proponent of that because me personally, I think Katie Holmes kills it as, like, an innocent, shy kind of girl who's also a tomboy and not really confident in her femininity. And Mm -hmm. also, like, it's me projecting because I very much saw myself in Joey growing up when I watched this. So I just, like you said, like the point about her face when she kind of like realizes what her sister's doing and she's like shy about it and stuff. Ugh, it just sings. It just, what a great little scene. That's, and maybe it's because I see, like I feel connected to Joey as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, maybe that's it. But yeah, I mean, I don't get that because I feel like she's portraying this like awkward 15 year old who doesn't get what's going on so well. Yeah, I do too. Like, I do too. She literally she acts so bizarre for the rest of the night. I know it is <laughs> something like okay. I like I would have assumed she was drunk if I was anybody else because <laughs> yeah. like Jen is like, oh my god, I love your lipstick. What color is it? And Joey goes, oh thanks, I love your hair. What color is it? Yeah, like it's just like she's such a jerk. She straight up says like, oh, are you a virgin? And first of all, spoiler alert, Jen lies. I noticed that. And then I was just like, okay, but it's like nobody else's business, so it's fine. But Yeah, exactly. And then Joey's just like, oh, God, forever ago, trucker named Bubba, and I die. (laughs) Like nobody would believe that. I love Dawson's face this whole time. He's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I don't I don't think Punked or anything like that had been out and Punked had definitely not come out. I don't know yeah. if like any of the other prank shows were actively running on TV at this point, but mm-hmm. I would be looking for cameras. I'd be like, what is happening here? You right. were acting like on drugs. Yeah. Legitimately. <laughs> because okay, so first of all, when they go into the theater, I don't know if you noticed, but when uh, Joey turns around and like stretches her arms. You just get a full view of her mic pack. <gasps> I missed it. It just sits there, and then like the bottom of her jacket doesn't go all the way down for the mic pack, so you just see it for like a second. Oh my gosh! But I I watched it twice. There's just like this giant black pack on her back. It's got to oh be. Oh my it. gosh! But- I need to see this. Yeah, because they wouldn't be able to fit a boom in there. No, because they they even show it from above because they want to show the marquee that they're seeing waiting for Guffman. Right. Um, But as soon as they get inside and the lights go down, Dawson immediately goes for the handhold, which when you have told Mm. this girl it's not totally a date, like that is a bold move, especially considering the lead up to this. But Dawson like wipes his hand off. He goes to reach for – uh, Jen's hand, and then the second their fingers touch, Joey is just like, "Are you a size queen?" <laughs> She's like, "It's like what?" <laughs> and then 
she's just loudly talking about length. She's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, Dawson, what's your opinion on this? Have you seen his fingers? <laughs> she's so loud. So loud. So Dawson has to just like pull her outside because she's like, he's like, I've had enough of this. Like, we need to get to the bottom of this right now. God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that means that they've just left Jen alone inside. And she's probably sitting here like, huh, it'd be really great if Pacey was still here so I wasn't alone. Right? But Pacey is too busy because Tamara, Miss Jacobs, has shown up and she's here with Mr. Gold, it turns out, but he's getting popcorn or snacks or whatever. And Pacey tries to sit with her and flirt with her. And she looks like... I can't believe that I'm facing the consequences of my actions. Yeah. <laughs> totally. She's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, what do you mean? You basically asked me to come here with you. <laughs> you told me exactly what you were doing tonight. Mm-hmm. You said the movie was great. Of course I'm here. Exactly. And he's like so forward with her. He He's like, you know, I put that movie, The Summer of 42, on hold for you, so it's all good. It's no problem. In fact, why don't I, like, come over and watch it with you? And she's like, how dare you, sort of? <laughs> and then Mr. I- Gold walks up, and then she tries to, like, she doesn't even say she's on a date or here with him and stuff. And Pacey gets all, like, you know, weird and jealous, and Mr. Gold tries to pull Pacey up, and this guy behind them, who was like already told them to be quiet once, Pacey like reacts, like tries to shrug off, like Mr. Gold pulling him up, spills this giant tub of popcorn all over the dude that told them to be quiet, who then reacts by punching Pacey in the face. Poor Pacey. Oh, poor Jen. Like, she's sitting, like, four rows behind, and she's like, oh, God. (laughs) I'm not with him. I don't know him. I just moved here. (laughs) I've never met these people before in my life. I'm never coming to a movie ever again. Exactly. Because then in the lobby, you've got Joey and Dawson just yelling at each other, and Joey's like, you haven't been – you've been ignoring me since Jen showed up, and she starts saying all these things like – You can't see what's right in front of you. Nothing Mm -hmm. penetrates you, Dawson. You need to grow up. And she just walks off. So, like, (laughs) she's gone. Uh, Pacey has gotten punched in the face. Dawson's just yelling in the lobby. And Jenna's just sitting inside, hopefully enjoying the movie now. But his date (laughs) is basically over. Well, and then, like, yeah, we we don't even get to see the rest of the date. We just basically see – Dawson and Jen getting back to their respective houses and he offers to walk Jen to her door but instead stops right in front of the little trellis because like you know we already know that Grams doesn't like Dawson that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and boldly despite how shitty the evening went he goes in for the kiss and Jen stops and is like you know I'm sorry this has been a weird night like I don't know you're really sweet, smart, you have a great sense of humor, you're cool without being obnoxious about it, you're talented. Oh, hey, hey, and you have clear skin, so you got that going for you. However, things weren't so good for me in New York, so it's probably not a good idea if we complicate things right now. Which, first of all, I I still appreciate how many moments they're dropping that there is something else with Jen that Mm -hmm. we don't know about. You know, things weren't great in New York and now they're not great here, which we know Mm -hmm. here is granddad. 
Yeah. Um, but then, you know, Grams turns on the lights, so she has to go back inside. But she says, like, oh, I'm just going to pretend we kissed. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that gets any of us. I got to be honest here. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm like, why? Like, I mean, are you trying – because, like, to me – Jen hasn't really given Dawson any signals that she is into him in that way. Like, she might mm. be trying to make a friend and trying to see what – she even asked Joey, like, to make sure that nothing, she wasn't stepping on any territory. But I have not – I have not sensed that Jen was, like, giving out the vibe necessarily. Um, so then when she says that, I'm like, okay, I – sure. Yeah, because – like, if you stopped the kiss then but said, I'm going to pretend that we kissed, like, I feel like that just opens up having more kisses, but you stopped right. the first one, so, like, why did you even do this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If not to, I guess, drag out the drama of, like, will they, won't they ever get around to it? Right. 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 But meanwhile, Pacey is just walking home and he sees Miss Jacobs, and I hate everything because I know, like she tries to pretend she's innocent in this, and it's just like, oh, I'm so sorry if you misunderstood. Like mm-hmm. this is not on me. Like we need to be very clear here. And he's like, your behavior says otherwise. Like you should feel bad about how you're behaving. Yeah. And then I don't know. It's like a whole negging thing where he's like, you just can't deal with getting old you're hitting like a midlife crisis and so you want like a 15 year old to flirt with you and my favorite part is when he says i'm the best sex you'll never have because he's a 15 year old virgin and that's (laughs) so cute to me because he's reading cosmo at some point like yeah cosmo has some weird suggestions in there like right he's gonna show up to some date and do something weird out of a Cosmo, and she's just going to be like, no, please don't. I just – I think you were right what you said earlier when you were like it, like, because Pacey had no game. Pacey was completely ensorcelled, but it took this situation, as gross and weird as it is, to almost bring out the, like, confidence in Pacey mm-hmm. to kind of realize, like, hey, no, you're the one that's, like, messing with me. I don't need that. Like, he's almost like, he's, like, ready to walk away from this because he's like, okay, you're kind of, like, dangling me, like, stringing me along here. Like, I don't, either you're, you got to call it what it is or, like, just stop. And Mm -hmm. weirdly, weird, and and in a, in a move that no one, absolutely nobody saw coming, (laughs) Miss Jacobs just kisses him aggressively. Yeah, she's like, you're wrong. You're not a boy. That's incorrect. He can't drive. He's a baby. Yeah, he can't like, drive. Oh, my God. <laughs> he can still read books in the children's section like, oh and not be God. weird about it. Mm-hmm. You need to walk away. And I, she does. She literally backs away and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that and mm-hmm. leaves. But the damage is done. We're yeah. already going down a road we can't undo. Exactly. And he just kind of like kind of sneers at it and just as he walks away like chuckles and he's like, see you in class, Miss Jacobs. Ew. So yeah. gross. Pretty gross. Dawson gets home and 
He turns on the news, you know, presumably just for like some background noise, but I did mm-hmm. note it. And then he goes to put something in his closet where Joey is sitting underneath all of his clothes, clutching a little E.T. doll because she feels bad about what she did. And I get it. Like she, you know, she's just, she had this like outburst and she was the one that even brought up the fact that they've got all these weird hormones now. They, they've got all these emotions that they're not used to feeling. And she was trying to avoid the emotions getting the best of her. And here she is letting the emotions get the best of her. Right. And so she's mm-hmm. like, God, why? And she apologizes for being like, whatever happened that night. But then Dawson apologizes, like, hey, look, I was insensitive to how you were feeling. I'm really sorry. I don't want to lose you. You're my best friend. Mm-hmm. And I actually kind of loved this conversation for the next words that they said. He, Dawson admits that when he saw Joey with the lipstick on, he thought she looked really pretty. But that's all it was. Like, he's like, it didn't go further than that. I just thought, mm-hmm. here's my best friend who looks pretty. And Joey then kind of, like, lets him in on it, too, and is like, well, you know, when I saw you hold trying to hold Jen's hand, it's not that I wanted to hold your hand. I just didn't want her to. So you can, like, really appreciate, A, the honesty and vulnerability, but B, the fact that they're both, like, I had these weird feelings, but I know that they're not romantic. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of really appreciated that conversation. I loved it so much. I loved this idea that she knows that she doesn't feel good about how she acted, but she's not really ready to just like call him or like show up. She needs him to like kind of help her start the conversation. And then mm-hmm. when they both realize they have these feelings, it's like they finally put into words what she was feeling at the beginning of the show when she was like, we can't have sleepovers anymore because right. we have these grown-up feelings. They're realizing like it's not for each other, but we do have them. And so we need to understand how we fit into each other's lives and also those feelings. Yes. Separately. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And and she like challenges him on it. He's like, no, we just did this. Like we're so cool now. And she's like, okay, how many times do you walk the dog? Because – Apparently, we have to use euphemisms, even though mm-hmm. we have said penis, menstrually diverse, <laughs> um, uh, whatever, Mr. Man meat, can't say masturbate. <laughs> and I love this. I love this so much that she's like, okay, tell me. And when he can't, she's like, see, there's parts of our lives that we can't share anymore. And yeah, that just happens when you grow up and there's nothing wrong with it, but it does suck. And she's right. like – going to leave and he's in his room just like sad that this is how his night is ending and she's literally crying while untying her boat (laughs) and then he runs to his window and yells down to her usually in the morning with Katie Couric (laughs) and I find that hilarious that Katie Couric was the one that did it for him (laughs) I'm so curious if Katie Couric has ever like had to comment on this moment right Oh, my God. Because, like, you know they didn't, like, call her. WB didn't call Katie Couric and was like, hey, by the way, can we say that, like, a 15-year-old masturbates to you? (laughs) No one would do that. No one would. 
Yeah, and so that makes Joey laugh, and it makes Dawson laugh, and, like, so everything seems okay for now, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to, like, all these hormones and the fact that they're growing up and going to be dating and, like, all this kind of stuff. But then, of course, we can't just have this all tie into just a neat little bow and just be a very, like, easy episode, and easy is, like, very asterisk there. Because then, while Joey's leaving, she sees Dawson's mom get home, and she was, like, getting a ride from her co-anchor Bob and she leans in to kiss him boldly right in front of her own house. This is what kills me. Like that's why I started looking at the list of episodes in this show because I was like, we know from episode one that Gail is having the affair. It's not Mm -hmm. even a lead up of just like Dawson thinks she might be, but then convinces himself that she's not. And he's just taking his life for granted. Like that's how it ended two minutes ago and then Mm -hmm. we're immediately throwing that out because yeah gail got dropped off by another man and kissed him like her husband is waiting inside to bang exactly like god and her husband is so hot oh my god he's so attractive (laughs) if only he didn't have stupid scuba restaurant ideas Hey, he's just, you know, he's cones of Dunshiring this. He'll eventually get past <laughs> the low cow cow zone zone and into the cones of Dunshire. <laughs> but yeah, and thus ends the pilot episode of Dawson's Creek. And I do have one last fun fact for you. I learned that Joshua Jackson, who played Pacey, was 20 when this pilot aired, or at least was going to be 20 this year in 1998. He is 45- this year um okay miss jacobs was 43 when she filmed this oh my gosh okay first of all like when in the show pacey comments that she's turning 40 i was like she looks great for turning 40 yeah she was 43 she i mean she's beautiful today and she has been in like i think to what 200 episodes sorry not 200 695 episodes of Days of Our Lives. That's like two (laughs) months of work. She has been on this show, on Days of Our Lives, for 41 years. That's insane. 41 years. I have never had a job for more than three years. Yeah. 41. Like, this is insane. Holy cow. I know. I can't fathom it. Like, I can't fathom it. But anyway, so I just want – the reason I was giving that fun fact was because I was just curious, like, how big the age difference was. Because sometimes when we see these shows, like, where it is an older woman or an older man, like, going – you know, dating a significantly younger person, the actors in real Mm -hmm. life aren't that far apart. But – and, yeah, the only reason they can do this is because Joshua Jackson was 20. You know, he was a full-grown adult at the time. But I did not realize that they were 23 years apart in age. <laughs> I just I'm I'm still so grossed out about this. Like I know that this would have been handled differently now. Yeah. Literally, it has been because this show is on the WB mm-hmm. and this is how it starts as the PC is having an affair with a teacher. And then yeah. later on in the show, his girlfriend finds out about it. And like she's more grossed out that he had sex with another woman and less that he was abused by an older woman right but then on the cw with riverdale archie starts Mm. out by having his relationship with miss grundy 
mm-hmm. then years later in season seven, I think it is, or maybe season six, Betty is just like, no, that was assault. Like, that's not okay what yeah. happened to you. Yeah, like, exactly. It's a literal spiritual successor, aside from, mm-hmm. you know, all the demons and witches in Riverdale. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh my gosh, could you imagine if there were witches in Dawson's Creek? I mean, the closest one we get, there's like an episode, I think it's in season one, where it's like, um, it's like a spooky, well, there's one that you have not got to in season five or six that is, to this day, terrifying to me. But um, there is another one. I feel like it was a spooky episode in season one. And actually, I've got it pulled up now. Yeah, it's called The Scare. And it's a Friday the 13th episode. And it actually works out perfectly because Kevin Williamson, the creator and the main writer of the show, is behind all the Scream movies, or at least most of the Scream movies, as well as the Scream TV show. So he's very like familiar with horror. And so when they add in these like scary episodes, it really makes sense. It's not like Riverdale, you know, absurd stuff, (laughs) but it is like I think that's what makes it scarier is because it's real life scary stuff, not just like, oh, here's aliens that, you know, drop down and abducted people, but they aren't really aliens. They just look like aliens. You know what? Forget all of that. We'll just have a time jump with the bomb. It's okay. Alternate universe. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. (laughs) No, I, I really appreciate this show. I think I'm at a point where I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch seasons five and six for real this time you should and fe- and season five kicks off really strong like weirdly enough like because it transitions into the college years but like that first episode i was just reading the synopsis of it it's really good you get some new characters like new like really actually famous actors are in it like chad michael murray's in it ken marino is in it like you get some really good actors right off the bat and whereas a lot of shows struggled to transition between high school and college i feel like albeit a little clunky because they had to not everybody was in the same place they Mm -hmm. did a decent job kind of tying it all together which I feel like is a really bold choice to even for any time period separate Mm -hmm. the characters I mean Mm -hmm. 90210 did it in season four where Brenda went off somewhere else right you know she goes to Minnesota Dylan doesn't even enroll in school but he's at least there like it's a bold move to make that yeah. choice. So sure. I'm excited to hear that it starts off great and then it at least like the last two seasons, I guess, make sense. Yeah, they make sense. And especially like, oh my God, you even get Busy Phillips and she she integrates into the show so well. It made me fall in love with Busy Phillips and I've loved her ever since. And what's great about it is this starts Busy Phillips and Michelle Williams basically 23 year love affair with each other like they are the bestest of friends forever and ever and ever and it's all because of this show and that makes me happier than like anything that this show could have given us yeah I remember reading that in busy Phillips autobiography that she was just like that's my girl yeah exactly like Dawson and Joey claim to be soulmates in this show but the real soulmates were busy Phillips and Michelle Williams (laughs) and that's what I want I like that better Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we really got to watch Freaks and Geeks. I think you'd really like Busy Phillips in that, too. I think so, too. I really do. It's been on my list for years, and it just – I never never pulled the trigger, but maybe that should be next. Oh, my gosh. We can just add it to our list. It'll be totally fine. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I guess um, to to wrap it up, if you want to try and name one quote of the week. Yeah. If you can. I mean, I think like as we were talking about it, I mean, there's so many winners like the, you know, my mouth drops. Basically, everything that comes out of Pace's mouth is just gold. <laughs> um, but I think I do have to go with the like um, – I have three menstrually diverse sisters. Cosmo is my savior. <laughs> I mean, truly, like, if it was going to be me picking a quote, it would be between Pacey and Jen because my other yeah. one is the I don't covet a religious god, Grams. I'm an atheist. If only for the face. Right. Exactly. For her face and then Grams's reaction. Like, it's just – it's it's so good. It's so good. So, yeah, that is the pilot of Dawson's Creek. Um, this was one of my favorite shows. I watched it in high school because um, it was on reruns on TBS. And it was just, yeah, it's just a good, solid show. It's got good dialogue, good acting, and it's pretty consistent throughout the five or six seasons, plus a finale movie, basically. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, – I hope you guys liked it because it's, it's a very classic teen drama. Yeah, so – you know, if you want to get more of this kind of content, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Back to Podcast. And you can also send us over an email um, with any of your comments, your thoughts, your questions. If you have suggestions for other shows you want us to try out, do the pilot of, um, let us know. And you can do that at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's V-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. But don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and give you all a better product and give you all all sorts of different shows. So if you leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out because we really appreciate you. And until next week from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm just going to pretend we kissed, okay? My raging hormones are developing a thing for you. <laughs> Bye. See ya.